episode eight of Queers at Play. My name is Will, and I am your host for this episode. Um, as always, I'm joined by Mark. Hello. And of course, Ruben. Hello. Um, and I suspect we'll also be joined by um, raging at Jeff Keeley at some point in this episode. But let's let's dive on in. We've got a lot to get through. Um, one of the big things that's just happened over the past few days, Cyberpunk 2077 has just finally launched. Um, Launch, and launched is definitely a choice word. It's <laughs> it arrived. <laughs> Let's call it that. I mean, I guess, I guess whether or not it has yet arrived depends on how well it's performing on your system. It might not actually currently have got there yet. Um, it's been a bit of a mess for them, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, I mean, we've already had, you know, before this this past few weeks since we last recorded, we've already had a whole transphobia mess um, with um, the fetishization of, of trans people in, in some of their marketing, um, which was really, really shitty. Um, and then I think probably the next thing we came across was was the reviews mess. Um, what do you two think about about the way the reviews went for CDPR? there's not really a good side to this is there let's be fair there's there's either the side of um i i believe it was GameSpot that gave it seven out of ten and then they yep. were promptly uh, they, they they were promptly harassed quite significantly by uh the fan base um and then the other side of it is there's um i think it was ign i think you showed me will um where ign had a hashtag sponsored review of the game and that's even that that's that's also bad but on the, the completely other side of the spectrum so and um, yeah, just, to, be, to, just, be just to play clear. um devil's advocate there was it a was it a sponsored review or was it just a sponsored tweet pointing to the review? so that's that's what i think it is i think i think it is that they were sponsored to run a tweet um taking quotes about how much they loved it and saying how great it was um it's still a very, very grey area to be getting into, you know, having them pay you money to talk about how good your review was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous road to be going it is, for but, the integrity of outlets. But at least they made it known in the tweet that it was sponsored. Oh, but that's probably because it's a legal requirement. Possibly. Um, you know, Possibly. there are a lot of places where it is a legal requirement to, to, to be clear that that is advertising content that you're pushing out. Yeah, they, they, they weren't they weren't doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, and I wouldn't trust CDPR to do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it does it. What it's speaking as a games journalist myself and someone who reviews games myself, um, like v- reviews of games are not are not marketing material for the game. They can be used as it uh, with permission of the journalist. Sure, uh, there's been occasions in which I've had that. Final Fantasy fourteen, for instance, but it's not an extension of your marketing. So the the things that were coming out during the review process for uh, for Cyberpunk, in which a lot of reviewers were saying, were hinting at elements of the embargo agreement, and some of the elements of the embargo agreement, I was like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit tetchy, that's a bit off. Um, so like the fact that they weren't allowed in any video review to use their own footage. Mm. Yeah, they had to use uh, B-roll. They had to, yeah. um, and the fact that all of the reviews were based on PC code, so they yeah, they, yeah. they didn't have access to the console versions until the day of release, which meant P- 
people picking up a disc for the Xbox One or the base PlayStation 4 and finding without a 40 gig patch just how much of a mess it was. Well, even after yeah, and the, the, and the patch. <laughs> wow. And, even and, after yeah. the 40 to 60 and, and, gig we'll, patch. We'll get to that mess um, before long, I'm sure. And, you know, that console version that probably it'd be interesting to see what the breakdown is, but one would imagine, you know, the large bulk of their sales are going to be on the console. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's shady, for sure. Especially when you look at the sheer difference between them, though. Like, looking at the... Because uh, a lot of people have now started to put up, like, comparison between the different platforms. And the sheer gulf between these platforms is just... Like, watching, looking at a PC screenshot or PC footage versus the Xbox One footage, it's just worlds apart. It might as well be a different game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think I saw very specifically, it, it pops into my mind, uh, there was this scene which had a guy sitting in a limo with kind of smoke billowing around him and, like... On the PC version, like it was really atmospheric in terms of the lighting, and there was just little touches of neon on the like panels of the car and uh, around the car. And then in the um, in the Xbox One version, it was the equivalent of just a potato with sunglasses, with like <laughs> like like a very obvious kind of like you could find, probably find it on clip art smoke effect in the middle of the car. <laughs> and I was just like, this looks fucking awful. And let's be honest, to me it looks like um, if you go and watch, it's like going and watching the newest series of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, and that's your PC version, and then going and watching season one of RuPaul's Drag Race, where it felt like it had Vaseline smeared across the lens all of the time. Um, It's very muddy and and just doesn't look, yeah, it doesn't look great. Um, but as I say, we'll, we'll get to all of that side of things shortly. So yeah, reviews is a bit of a mess. Um, Ruben mentioned the embargo um, and the, the NDA. An NDA is so bad that um, the Guardian newspaper actually refused to sign it mm-hmm. um, and decided that they would not um, they would not accept a, a code in advance so that they could review the game in advance of release. Good old Keza um, Yeah, good on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, they, and Keza was asked, you know, um, asked back by someone, you know, was was it that you couldn't or you wouldn't sign the NDA? And Keza's response was, "It's a bit of both." Yeah. Um, so you know, they they weren't willing to risk as a as a proper genuine news outlet weren't willing to risk their journalistic integrity um, over that. And and one of the other things that came out of the reviews, which um, has been talked about a lot, um, Liana Rappert at um, Game Informer. Um, as a result of the view, pointed out that there are, is, I think it's two scenes, isn't it? Um, two unskippable scenes um, that contain severe triggers um, for people with photosensitive epilepsy. Um, we've had that whole mess as well. Um, and and a fandom that has shown that it is quite possibly the most toxic of all of the fandoms, sending to Liana um, videos that could trigger her photosensitive epilepsy in response to this. Yeah, I mean, they've like they may be a quite new fan base, but they have honestly taken the the title of most shitty fan base and ran with it in the last like week or so um, over a game that wasn't even out yet. So they didn't even know what the game was going to be like themselves. This is this is the thing that always really bugs me about this mindset um, is that they will they will die on the hill of games that they haven't even played yet. And that's yeah. that 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 that's absurd to me. But the 
the thing which annoyed me about this whole epilepsy um, episode, I guess you could call it, with in, in the in the ongoing series of bless you, um, in the ongoing series of um, CDPR's continued messes, is the fact that when they initially responded to it, they said that they, uh, I mean, what they've done now is they've added a screen before the game saying that this contains um scenes of that that can trigger photosensitive epilepsy they've now added that as a pre pre-screen as you're going into the game but their original solution was to add a comment about it to their end user license agreement you know that thing that everyone fucking reads um well so i mean i mean i think i think what they were saying was that it was already in the end user license agreement and i think we would probably struggle to find a game's end user license agreement that does not say mm. that there may be certain scenes. Yeah, it's probably almost certainly a boilerplate bit of EULA uh, code that's always there, regardless. And and to be clear, you know, the type of trigger that is in this game, it's not, you know, there were a lot, again, a lot of the fanboys were coming back saying, oh, but every game has an epileptic, you know, warning, oh, it could trigger, oh, it's just like every game. no. Um, to be very clear, um, what was found is that it contains a trigger that is so severe that this trigger is actually used to um, induce fits in people in order to diagnose photosensitive epilepsy. It is that likely to cause a fit. Um, that's the kind of trigger that they've put in there. And yeah, they've they've stuck up this warning now. Um, it's still really, you know, it's a temporary solution. Yeah, um, I'm always, they still need to do something properly. Out. Yeah, they need to either they need to change the scene or they need to make the scene the scene is unskippable um, and it's part of the main scenario. That's one of the problems. Um, you know, they need to put an accessibility option in that's going to change it. Whatever they they need to do something. Hmm. Um, the danger was honest, the danger you know, with leaving a, it this in. This is a lawsuit waiting to happen for them. As much as they have a warning at the front, yeah. The danger of leaving it in is for people that don't know that they're going to have an epileptic. You know, it's all well and good putting it under a under a. a accessibility option but if you don't know that you've got epilepsy you don't think to turn mm-hmm. that on so really they've mm-hmm. got to, they've got to remove that mm. well and it's also it comes down to you know there were there were people putting out warners saying to other streamers you know please make sure you put you put a warning in your stream title well like if you go on a stream and someone's not put a warning in their stream title and something happens to one of the viewers like I mean, that's a whole liability mess mm-hmm. waiting to be disentangled to try and work out who's actually liable in that situation, um, and it's just a mess. It's a mess, and they were toxic. Um, but there we go. At least, as we say, they have very quickly patched in um, a far more prominent warning. Um, but there is more to be done. And and you know, the good news is that Liana Rupert says that they have reached out to her and they are talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, about what they could do as a more permanent solution. So um shouldn't have happened in the first place, but they've responded well to it when it has been brought up. Um, one minor thing that maybe we can say in to CDPR's credit um, in this episode. Yeah, there's not um, much else we can say to their credit because, you know, no. they, they still crunch their developers, which they said they wouldn't do. Uh, there's still the transphobia mess, and also the fact that transphobia is still very much in the game. There's the circumci- circumcised thing. I don't know whether you heard about that to do with CDPR and Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Yes. There's... I'm some of what I've heard about the circumcised thing. I'm. I'm. And this this speaks volumes about the situation that we're in. 
some of what I've heard about the circumcised thing, I'm still not entirely sure if it's if it's parody or if it's real. Yeah. Um, which again speaks volumes about the position this game is in that I can't tell if if actually it is anti-Semitic as well as other things because I can't quite tell if this is someone taking the piss or if genuinely this is part of the circumcision thing. Um, but yes, you can choose whether or not the penis is circumcised for sure. Um, what I can't tell is is whether the reports that that you will be mocked and disparaged as a result are true. That I've not yet been able to ascertain. But it's but if that is true, that's absurd. And if it's, yeah. and if it's not true, it's 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 not absurd enough that it sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is the thing. Like trying to separate fact from fiction in this in this instance is ludicrous. Um, and you mentioned that you mentioned the crunch, Ruben, and really like. Let's be honest, a lot of this, not the transphobia thing, I'm going to put the transphobia thing to one side, but a lot of the rest of this comes in the crunch Mm -hmm. in the first place. You know, the reviews mess is them trying to desperately get the best reviews they can of a game that is, especially on certain platforms, not necessarily in a state where it should have been released. Um, the, The epilepsy mess is quite possibly a result of not taking the time to properly quality assure your game and have someone quality assure it from that accessibility mindset um, in order to realise that that was a problem. Um, and obviously the fact that it's a buggy mess mm. um, stems from the crunch. Well, yeah, because like, I, I don't see why they don't understand this. The harder you work your developers, the more chance of them making mistakes. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the same goes for any workforce. It's the same as, like, I don't know, when you're in retail and you're working like heavy hours over the Christmas period. You're... you're your uh, your kind of like focus and your ability to do your job severely diminishes the more hours you do it in succession. It's it's a, it's a simple fact of life. Let's also not forget, just because the game has been released now, almost certainly those developers are not released from crunch. No, because they will, oh, be, they will be, having... be crunching to patch this yet further and fix a lot of these issues. Yeah. To say nothing of the fact that this game has launched without its multiplayer, mm-hmm. so there will presumably also be crunch to create the multiplayer, which I would imagine CDPR is going, hoping is going to be that ongoing cash cow from this game. Although that is that is and always has been a separate release, just to be clear. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they vaguely had enough sense to say that would be a separate release, but therefore they have other releases to come, and doubtless there'll be DLC and all sorts of things that they continue to crunch for. Um, and Reuben, you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, crunch means... You don't get the best out of your developers, you know, and I think the other thing is, and I can think of, you know, a good friend of all of ours um, who works in the industry who would tell us that if you try to push the development of the game being completed up to such a late stage, what you are not allowing is QA time, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why you end up in this state because you just, and a game of this length, how can you possibly have quality assured it when, when you were still developing it right up until the last moment? Um, it's just not possible, as we can see from what's happened. Um, any final thoughts on Cyberpunk before we move on? I feel like we've rented for quite a while. I think we've had a lot of thoughts on this. I think yeah. it's, yes. <laughs> and it's and to be honest, this isn't an evergreen topic. They're going to keep fucking up, so we're going to keep having things we can say. I'm sure we'll. And, and you know, we're going to keep memeing back to them forevermore. It'll just be like Cyberpunk. It'll be another Cyberpunk. Um. Some of the other news we've had in the past two weeks, we've had a glut of release dates. Uh, just going to mention a few of them. Uh, Halo Infinite, which of course was delayed, has finally got a release window. Uh, quarter three, quarter four of 2021. Which is shocking, uh, 
partly because this was originally going to be a release game for the Xbox yep. Series X. So the fact that they've delayed that by a year, pretty much, shows just how not ready that game was. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And and I also actually saw someone had retweeted a retweet a tweet from a while ago um, that was quoting Phil Spencer back in the summer saying um, that the Xbox Series X and S is going to have the best um, launch lineup of any console ever. And I was just looking at the game. Hmm, that aged well. Um, <laughs> I guess you Scott, could argue it had, you know, all of the games. It had like four games generations worth um, of games. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on, but but on that think... basis, you could go you could go and buy an, an Xbox, an yes. Xbox One X and get the same lineup. Um, <laughs> so... I think also, you know, I I hope that this delay is also a sign that they are not going to be crunching their developers in quite the same way. <laughs> they did explicitly reference that as well in the statement. They talk about they talked about the welfare of their staff and things, and not wanting to do that and wanting to produce something of quality. So it sounds promising. Mind you, CDPR said they weren't going to crunch their staff. So let's let's see what happens <laughs> as Halo Infinite's release date gets ever closer. Um, Scott Pilgrim, which I know Ruben is super excited for. Yep, uh, I just want it. It's coming on the 14th of January. I just want it. I've got nothing else to say about it. I loved the game originally. Um, and then obviously the licensing happen- thing happened and therefore it was impossible to get hold of. So yeah, I'm all for it. And also I am going to, in every single, every tweet I, I put out about that game, every thing I write <laughs> about that game and every during my review... I am going to point out the fact that Ubisoft are scumbags. It's going to happen. I'm going to have to. Firstly, because I have a moral centre. And secondly, because those allegations still haven't been resolved. So, yeah, fuck Ubisoft. Yep. Um, Persona 5 Strikers finally has a Western release date. That's coming 23rd of Feb 2021. And the music is... Um, the music's great. Like it's like just from that trailer, they've remixed some of the music from Persona Five, and it sounds incredible. Yep. Uh, talking of another game with great music, um, Doom Eternal Shadowish dropped on Switch. Um, that is out now, but had about a week's notice. You were saying, Mark, weren't you earlier? Between a week and a um, week and a half. Yeah. Um, um, again, it's another one of those uh, in inverted commas impossible ports. Um, whether it is good, I mean, it really depends on how desperate you are to play Doom Eternal on the go. I think if you've got another console you can play it on and you don't want to play it on the go, get it on a different console. But as a technical feat, to get it running on uh, on switches is pretty yeah. impressive. That's yeah, exactly I, I, I think also, I've not been looking. Oh. I think it's also fair to say that. Um, in motion, it looks a lot better than it does in in screen in still screenshots. Sure, sure. And so, um, oh, and it's quite, presumably quite a fluid, yes. fluid in motion game. So you don't really necessarily need to care about how much stuff's going to look when you're yeah. I mean, you are at you it, are because that's not how the game is yeah. experienced. You are constantly moving at a pace. So you know the fact that the textures and the the models are of lower quality, you you barely get chance to notice anyway. You're moving yep. so fast. And from what I've heard, it does maintain a pretty smooth... I mean, it yes, it's 30 frames a second rather than 60, but it does it does maintain that pretty well from what I've heard. Sure, sure. Um, and the final release date I was going to mention in this little roundup is Prince of Persia, the remake from Ubisoft Scum, um, has been delayed. Um, so that's now coming the 18th of March 2021. So a small delay there. It's only a couple of months, um, but a delay nevertheless. 
Um, and I guess we mentioned Ubisoft, um, you know, a, a company that is endlessly mired in controversy. Um, we've seen a bit of a controversy around a company that maybe doesn't have it quite so often. But we'll start with the positive news that came out in the past two weeks from Nintendo. Um, we had an update finally about Super Nintendo World. Um, and in fact, a release date, in inverted <laughs> commas, of when it's going to open. Um, it looks great, I think. You know, the stuff that's come out looks really exciting. It coincides with when I'm supposed to be in Japan. Ooh, well, that is exciting. I know. Um, I Expect mean, a quiz, a play review of Super Nintendo World. I mean, that may change. From a Japanese correspondent. I mean, that may change simply because obviously, like, the world is fucked. Um, so, <laughs> so the chances are, like, that holiday may end up being pushed back again, like, depending on sure. how, the, how the law is in revolving us being able to go to Japan, because Japan's not mm-hmm. letting anyone in at the moment, like, at all, um, from outside the country. So, it may end up being that it's pushed back again, at which point Nintendo World would have still been open it will still be open hopefully um, they're not going to open it and then close it this is yeah. this isn't uh this isn't a uh, uh, an all-stars 3d situation where it's only open until the 31st yeah time. they'll just blow it up on the <laughs> 31st um, they just like push a big plunger <laughs> like 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 mario would, or they get one of these big axes that mario would get to like destroy the bridge after he's run across it so bowser goes falling into the lava um, but yeah, like the food, the food looks amazing in terms of its theming, which is something that Japan does quite well anyway. Um, yeah. like, I don't think I've ever told you guys about the time I went to the Resident Evil cafe in Tokyo and like all the food was themed. I need to tell you about that off, off, uh, off podcast, remind me. Um, but like, yeah, like it's something they do really well, like themed food. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. They're, like they're so good at it. Um, but yeah, it's that, generally, fun. the attention to detail looks great. And mm. all the, you know, all the stills of the, the, I mean, mostly we've seen queuing areas and stuff, but it, it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they've really put time into to really making it as as Nintendo as they can. Disneyland, but for Nintendo. And, ti- yes. and tiny. Yeah, and tiny. Um, but, you know, there are, there are future versions to come that may well be bigger they didn't have a lot of space to play with physically as yeah. i understand it. yeah tokyo but they are already talking about a, a donkey kong expansion or something <laughs> I don't know what to say. oh my god like they're doing like season passes for fucking <laughs> <laughs> theme, park. theme park um so that is maybe to come um free smash who wants to talk about free smash i suspect ruben you're you're the one who's more embedded in fighting communities than we are um, what what happened with free smash uh I'm not entirely 100% on the details because it involved Malay and fuck Malay. Uh, but <laughs> um, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, someone created a kind of expansion of sorts uh, to be able to play Malay online. And they had an yep. entire tournament like circled around this idea of being able to play uh, Malay online. And then Nintendo DMCA'd it. Yeah, because um, essentially it meant they'd, they'd hacked the ROM. Yeah, essentially. In order to be able to, in order to be able to change it. So the people had that the people involved, regardless, like I, I'm kind of torn on this because at, on one side you've got Nintendo saying we support the communities around our games, and then actively go out of their way to not support the com- uh, communities. Mm. I mean, they didn't support Did? arms. They didn't support. They don't, they don't support um, any major tournament in their games. So whereas yeah. whereas for instance. Um, Arc System Works, so the ones that create Blaze Blue and um, Guilty Gear and Bandai Namco because of um, Dragon Ball Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighters, um, they will put money into kind of prize pools at big tournaments like Evo. And Nintendo yep. don't do that; they don't support their games on a on a competitive sense 
at all. And yet they still claim that they support these communities, which is bullshit. But <laughs> on the on the other hand, these guys have broken the law in terms of hacking a product. Um, and I also feel like what did, what, did, what the did original, they expect was going to happen? Did the original you know, Malay support network play? That I'm, did it support play through through um, uh, like Ethernet adapter for GameCube? I don't think so. I don't think Malay had an online functionality. The GameCube did, but I don't think the GameCube did until after Malay. If I'm if I'm right. mistaken, so Malay's never been online. The first online Smash Brothers game was Brawl. Um, and the less said about Nintendo's online infrastructure when it comes to its fighting games, especially, yeah, the better. But um, <laughs> like, I'm kind of torn on this. On one hand, I hate Malay and they did break the law, but on the other hand, Nintendo are being way too heavy-handed with a game that they are not supporting and don't really care about anymore. So, yeah, they 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 took a they took a sledgehammer to crack an art. I mean, it's the same, and it, that, oh my God, that's the perfect way of wording it. It's the same with the Eticon thing as well, um, yeah. which is on our list as well. They, they're just, they're being way too Nintendo about this, essentially. They're being way too heavy handed with things that really, if they just let flourish, would actually benefit them from a um, outside perspective on them. Well, side and of and with anyway. the Eticons thing, that's specifically about um, trademark infringement because, um, they were referred to as Joy-Cons. Mm. So, um, and because they used the Nintendo Switch logo on them. and But, you know, it is it was raising money for charity. You feel like mm. there, there probably would have been a middle ground of Nintendo saying, come on, you're not meant to do this, so why don't you sell the stock that you've got? And then when you do it next time, get rid of the offending stuff, please. Mm. Yeah, because... Because like, like it's it's the same the, the Eticon thing and the and the free Malay thing are pro- roughly the same sort of issue with me. In that, on one hand, Nintendo are completely within their rights in terms of legal standpoint. They're completely within their yeah. rights to do this. But on the other hand, like it's not benefiting them to do it. There needs to be this kind of middle ground to meet here. Um, because Nintendo are also ferocious against people with fan art as well. Like it's. You have to accept, like Nintendo, have to really move forwards, like other game developers and companies have moved forwards, and kind of accept that because people love what they do, they're going to experiment with what they do. So, like, if you look at, say, Nintendo and their really hardline idea against fan art, and then you look at how, say, the how Square Enix are with fourteen. Final Fantasy fourteen fan art. It's night and day. Like they are so the Square Enix are so supportive of the fan communities around yep. that game. And well, any Square yep. Enix game. Whereas Nintendo are just like, no, no, no thanks. No, you can't do that. No. Um and it's it's it just doesn't seem very community focused when it could be. Yeah, it feels like they need to find the balance. Um and I guess the the final thing that we got on the list that they did is is that you know there's a whole load of new DCMA takedown stuff um, around music from certain games on YouTube. Yep. Um, being struck with takedowns. Um, I mean, I do not doubt that some of that is people putting stuff up to profit from Nintendo's intellectual property in a way that is is clearly not on. Um, again, you know, how should Nintendo go about dealing with it? I do actually think the YouTube one I think has been slightly um slightly overblown because my understanding from when I've had, you know, copyright strikes against stuff on YouTube is that I'm not allowed often, it just means I'm not allowed to monetize that video. 
Um, you know, often it's about you're not allowed to make money off of this. Fine. Um, but again, it shows, you know, Nintendo should just get with get with Square Enix is, a, is another good example. You know, they've stuck vast amounts of soundtracks now on Spotify and Apple Music and all of those. Yeah, I um, think that's Nintendo the thing. Just it's just not and it would be a revenue stream for them. They would make money out of it. Hmm. People want to listen to the music and it's just not available. I, I, I mean, I, I did enjoy the meme that's been going around of uh, kind of questioning what's your favourite Nintendo track and then and then everybody posting underneath just this is it and then and then an image of, of YouTube saying this video is no longer available. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's great. And the thing is, like what you just said, Mark, ties into all of this. It is a matter of the fact that a lot of, a lot of what Nintendo are DMCAing wouldn't be an issue if they just if the availability was there yeah. so like so like them saying no you can't you can't you can't have this hack that allows you to play this game that you love online with your friends um during a time when we're in a global fucking pandemic and you can't play it locally not that you can with malay anyway because you'd have to lug around a fucking lcd tv as well but the <laughs> but if they had let's just say nintendo had ported Smash Brothers Malay to Switch with online, they wouldn't have to worry about people hacking Malay to give it online. Like there's 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 so much availability that there's so many availability issues here that if they if they possibly it, although it's not like there isn't a Smash Brothers game available for Switch. Indeed. <laughs> and and that's presumably what's in the back of their mind is is they have serviced the community by providing a new game. Um, that is the best-selling fighting game of all time, um, and and there is for whatever reason there is, as you say, you you just like melee room. For whatever reason, there is this part of the community that refuses to let go of that particular yeah. reservation. Um, Which more power? But Nintendo to want to move on. But, like, as, literally, you know, they're entitled to again. Yeah, they're entitled to. It's their it's their IP. Well, I think that's enough um, ranting and raving. I don't know about you two, but maybe we should mix things up with a little bit of Backlog Bingo. Fuck yeah, we should. Backlog Bingo. Um, I do realise that I said that's the end of ranting and raving, but let's find out. um, Because (laughs) Ruben... Uh, two weeks ago, I looked at your list and I said that I wanted you to play Celeste. Um, so why don't you tell us a bit about how you got with Celeste? In one sentence, <laughs> which, by the way, is not going to be the entirety of what I have to say on this, but... It was... I was going to say that would be the shortest Backlog Bingo review to date. But in one sentence, it's not for me. And I acknowledge that. Um, for those of you that don't know, Celeste is a pixel art puzzle platformer uh, and released a massive acclaim. Uh, like, I swear, I think it swept up quite a few awards last year as well, um, of which you're playing as um, a character that I've got, Madeline, and you're climbing the mountain Celeste. The, the mountain that's uh, the clue in the name um, it's not my sort of game what so fucking ever it is to me so pissing frustrating to play um, not so, not in so much as like 
the 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 moment to moment gameplay. The moment to get moment gameplay is fine, simply because it it like your your death has very minimal uh, detriment to you. You just restart from the beginning of whatever room you're in almost immediately. So it's just the the frustration of I'm not I, I don't enjoy this sort of game anyway. Like I didn't like the critically acclaimed Inside or Limbo either that have a very similar sort of puzzle platformer element to them um, with that sort of insta-death thing. But like there were, there, there is integrally, integrally about Celeste, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the negative things first and then I'm going to do the positive things. Um, the negative, th- the, the main negative thing, the main thing that rated on me so much are the chase sequences. The, the instant fucking death chase sequences. That shit pisses me off no matter what fucking game it's in. I don't care what genre it is. <laughs> it's it they fuck chase sequences where the where the the cost of the cost of mistakes is so fucking high stress me out to the point that I am not enjoying it anymore. Ori uh, the Ori games do it as well, and I I consider the Ori games to be great in many many other ways, but like the chase sequences in RE fuck me off and they fuck me off here as well so the not to I don't want to ruin too many later aspects of Celeste but there's one where you're running from uh, the proprietor of a hotel where if you make a mistake in the platforming you die because you fall and you die if you hesitate for a second the guy catches up to you and you die or the fact that the guy randomly at certain intervals can fire out a fucking laser across the entire fucking screen, which if it hits you, you die immediately. And I'm like, this is this is not fun for me. If some people may find this fun, but I do not find this fun. Especially when you end up with a room like you do in every single fucking chase sequence in the game, because I got I'm I'm pretty much at the end of the game, I think. Uh, uh, and I gave up I rage quit this game, I'd like to point out. But there was there, there's every chase sequence has that albeit if you die you go back to the beginning of the room that's still the case in the chase sequences however in the chase sequences they have rooms that are really fucking long so because you can't see what's coming up next you are inevitably going to make a mistake which takes you back to the beginning of this really fucking long room again and <laughs> just fuck off celeste with this bullshit like that does don't do that that's just horrid and um the other thing that really annoys me, re- really annoys me about the game, is there is too many. That, that in some of the later levels, there are too many random elements that move of their own accord. That you have to somehow be able to work out where they will be, despite not having any chance of knowing where they'll be, as you're going through these rooms. So I use the kind of there's a poison mass thing that's in one of the later levels. And in later parts of that level, those poison mass things will move. But they don't move at the same time as every other poison mass thing moves. They move at different timings. And then you have to somehow be so fucking galaxy-brained that you can work out where these things are going to be despite not being able to see them on the screen, which which <laughs> really fucking annoys me as well. Um, but I have a feeling Mark has something he wants to say versus my negative things before I get onto the positive. Um, no, I mean, I think you covered everything pretty well, <laughs> pretty well. In it, I mean, I enjoy it, I would say, a little bit more than you do. I don't mind those chase sequences um, 
certainly they're not as bad as they are in Ari, like you said, because they are spread across multiple rooms. And when you fail, you only go back to the beginning of your room rather than right back to the beginning of the chase sequence like you did in, in Ori. Um, however, what I will say is, while I did play the game, it wasn't my backlog bingo game, so I didn't put as much time into it as you did, and I certainly only got as far as the first chase sequence, so I can't speak to how impossibly frustrating they get further on in the game. Fair. So, positives then, because it's like, I didn't ha- I didn't expressly hate celeste the story is amazing it's genuinely genuinely great the characterization of madeline especially and also the the delicate but also incredibly explicit way that they handle and portray depression in that game is so well handled um in fact it's one of the i would say it's one of the best handlings of depression i've seen in a game quite easily Mm -hmm. um the visual style is great and the sound design is fucking incredible as well um all of the characters are enjoyable and distinct and yet they all mesh together so 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 well they do feel like part of this world and like the interwoven narrative and how these very very disparate levels do actually link together to kind of push the narrative forwards really please is really like pleasing like it's really mm-hmm. well made in terms of the way that everything kind of arcs across everything uh, and the whole journey to the top of the mountain thing is just so well handled um, so as much as a lot of people and uh, there are people I know as well are going to hate me for this like it's not a game I'm going to finish I don't I don't mm-hmm. have I don't have the patience uh, nor do I have the love for this type of game to want to continue but there have been parts of this game I've really, really enjoyed. But mostly, I think, it's been the narrative bits. I think it's fair to say that it is, if you like that kind of game, it is an excellent example of that kind of game. It's just not your kind of game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's simply, like, I, I acknowledge the merits of this game. Uh, there are so many merits to this game, and there are so many pluses to this game. Uh, and also, I can acknowledge that it's a well-designed game. I can, I really can, but it's not my sort of game, and because of that, it was never going to. It, I was, it was never going to set my world alight. It was, as, it's as simple as that. Which is fair enough, you know. If if we all like the same kind of games, the world would be boring. Because mm-hmm. we'd all be playing cyberpunk. <laughs> fuck that world. No, we fucking wouldn't. Um. <laughs> um there was uh, there was actually less ranting and raving there than I expected because um, there was certainly less than I spoilers, had to say about Halo. Pulling pulling back behind the curtain, I was aware that Ruben hadn't necessarily gone on with the game. Um, yeah, no, that that was that was really nice and balanced. Thank you. Um, so I am the victim this week um, for this episode, um, and Mark, you are going to be picking a game for me. I am. Um, so to recap for everyone what remains on my list, unplayed at the moment, um, I have Dark Souls Remastered, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, God of War, or Dad of Boy, or whatever people like to call it. Is that what people call it? Dad of Boy. Dad of Boy, cool, fine. See, I clearly know what I'm talking about. Um, Fortnite, 
Red Dead Redemption 2, Hollow Knight, and Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, so over to you, Mark. What what fate awaits me? What fate awaits you? I think you're expecting me to pick God of War for you. I am. Um, what I'm going to pick for you is Hollow Knight. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, it's a challenging game. It's not my favourite game in the genre of Metroidvania. I think if I was going to pick a Metroidvania for you to play as someone who's not a big fan of the genre, I would not pick this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, enjoy. I mean, this does does pose really interesting... a a very interesting idea, like... um, implications for the future because me and Mark fall on very different sides of the coin with this game, I think. So it's going to be an interesting discussion mm. uh, on the next episode, regardless, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm just interested to see whether you fall on the side of Mark or the side of me with this game. My my only... I mean, like, I... I 90% want to love this game. But for me, it's just too punishing. Ooh, so it will, be, it will be interesting to see <laughs> where, where Will uh, comes in on this. I'm going to have... I, why did I pick so many punishing games for me? You honestly did. Just like, a, I'm just a sadomasochist, aren't like I? Like, you going through your list, I was just like, holy fuck, like, these are either punishing games and mechanics, your, your backlog bingo, or punishing in narrative. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're being pounded regardless of which direction it comes from, if you excuse the term. <laughs> Ooh, uh, misses. Don't you promise a boy a good time? <laughs> well, tune into the next episode and we will find out whether Hollow Knight was or was not a good time for me so that was uh backlog bingo that was the um, quickest fucking backlog bingo i think we ever had well that's just as well because i think we've about to have quite a lot more to say uh yeah true yes indeed because of course the other big thing um and you know fans of the podcast will be aware that we normally record it on a thursday because we mention it fucking often enough when we're recording um we did actually decide we are recording on friday controversially um, because the Game Awards happened overnight um, and we thought it would be a bit strange to have an episode that releases on a Saturday like normal and just not acknowledge the Game Awards in any way, shape or form. Um, so, you know, we get, we're going to talk about the actual awards bit themselves very briefly because as I think everyone is aware, the Game Awards is not really about awards anymore. Um, anymore? I don't think it ever was. It's always been a kind of glorified trailer reel. Well, I mean, I mean, and beyond that, it's always been a big ego boost for Jeff Keighley. <laughs> um, uh, the Last of Us Part 2 is the big winner. Unfortunately. Um, Q ran from Ruben. That game does not deserve it. What so fucking ever? Uh, the amount of fucking, like, the, the fact that developers on that game were crunched to the point that several of them fucking left, I think, is a good enough example. And the fact that Neil Druckmann is now somehow fucking higher up in Naughty Dog is beyond me as well. And yet that game won best game direction. I'm pretty sure that crunching your developers until most of uh, a a portion of them leave is not good game direction. Okay. It's just not. You're the only one of of us who's actually played. I have. Last of Us Part 2. I think... As, as we've proven with Cyberpunk, it's sometimes very difficult to separate those issues from from the art itself, if you like. 
Um, however, taken taken out of context, taken away from that as a game itself, I you know very much enjoyed it. I thought it told a great story, um, and it's the way it kind of plays with your expectations. I think is very clever. Um, And I can certainly see why, why it, it, it kind of won. Certainly, certainly in the kind of audio design game of the year categories, um, innovation and accessibility definitely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people have said a lot of good things about its its accessibility options. Um, but that is not to excuse the way that they treated their staff. Absolutely. And um, and one thing I will ask, Mark, because I know that you have played both games uh, and I have not played The Last of Us 2 because I'm not supporting that sort of nonsense. Um, and also I haven't played the first game. I've not, got, I've not got any love for the franchise. But can you honestly, hand on heart, say that Last of Us 2's narrative was better than Hades? That's a tough question to answer because they're very, <laughs> they're very, very different. Um, I think Hades had a much more innovative uh, approach to telling its narrative. Um, it's told, it, it it tells a story through repetition and still manages to make it work in a way that I don't think I've ever seen any other game succeed, which in itself I think is deserving of praise. Um, but in terms of a a straightforward A to B story, um, you know, The Last of Us Part Two is is as good as any other linearly linear linearly whatever I'm trying to say um, <laughs> story. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, are there any other awards that either of you particularly want to pick up on? Um, I've got a couple. If if you've not Go got any, Mark. So I didn't want to interrupt you, Mark, before I. Yeah, no, I, I, there is. Yeah, again, I've got a couple, but you, you go, you go ahead first, uh, Ruben. Um. Okay. So the first one, uh, the first one I wanted to pick up on was um, because Jeff Keighley didn't give anywhere near enough fucking time to these awards. Um. <laughs> just, just honestly, wanted to just say, Super Giant winning two awards with Hades. They won Best Indie yeah. and they won Best Action Game. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Seriously, could not have been more deserved from Hades. I, mm-hmm. I, I am genuinely over the moon that they, they picked up at least two awards for Hades. Mm. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out is um, how the fuck did Elden Ring win Most Anticipated Game? We only know it exists. We know fuck all else about this game. How did... How? How? How did that win? What was it up against? It was up against, like, Halo Infinite, Horizon Forbidden West, the God of War sequel, Resident Evil Village, and the Legend of Zelda sequel. Yeah, there's no way that should have won that category. It shouldn't. Like, we know more about, at least, I, I don't think we know more about God of War. I think we've only seen a fucking symbol for that, so that didn't deserve to win yeah. either. Um, yeah. But we know quite a lot about Resident Evil Village. We know a fair amount about Horizon Forbidden West. 
like I don't understand and, and bear in mind these were voted for by fans so what what the fuck ever but like how Although did... I think that I, was that an entirely fan one because I think most of them are 90% jury 10% fan yeah there's a there's a split they do some weird weighting so it's mostly jury deciding but Elden Ring we know nothing yeah 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 and also, as you pointed out, you know, one of the games in there was just a logo. If we're going to talk about games that we've just seen a logo, you know, actually... Why Metroid, wasn't Metroid, Metroid Prime 4, 4 included? And, and Bayonetta 3 are both massively anticipated. Mm. Um, didn't get a look in. It's, it, it's just weird. To, I mean, I, I find the whole most anticipated game a weird category anyway. Um, because this is just fostering the whole essentially this is fostering that mentality with that's that's come through with multiple games in the past like well cyberpunk is the clear is the most recent example where Mm -hmm. the hype surrounding a game is just so so high that no no one who has bought into that hype can see outside of it um which is why hype and the expectation that creates pressure yeah developer in terms of you know that that expectation weighing on you that then leads to crunch then and 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 yeah just kind of spirals out of control Um, and also, to be honest, like I'm excited about Elden Ring simply because it's a FromSoft game, and I do love, I do love. Apart from one game they've done in the past, like long more than ten years, there's not been a FromSoft game I've not enjoyed. I didn't enjoy Sekiro, mm-hmm. but everything else I enjoyed. And its attachment having George R R Martin, I don't give a flying fuck about that. But um, as far as I'm aware, George R R Martin is a good writer. I don't know. I've not read the Game of Thrones books, but as far as I'm aware, he's a good writer. So he's, he's a writer that takes a very long time. <laughs> so Elgin, how, how long have like... people been? Yeah, how long have people been waiting for the next Game of Thrones book? Or oh, sorry, I don't, a, a, I don't know. Years, so long, years. so long that the television series had to make up what the end was going to be for itself. Yeah, it fucked everything. But um, yeah, it's like. I just don't see the point in the award anyway. And even if the award still stands, it should not have gone to Elden Ring. Yeah. I would like to um, to bring up our favourite subject, Final Fantasy VII Remake, purely mm-hmm. because I am actually very happy that it won the score music category. Good I thought you. it... <laughs> I, I I thought that it's uh, <laughs> I thought the score in that game was fantastic. Yes, it's music from the original Final Fantasy VII, but it was it was you know re-recorded, you know fully orchestrated, fully rearranged. It was it was a beautiful score. I, I won't deny what that. you were, what you were hearing, listeners, is. Uh, silence that speaks volumes that Mark is Mark is dutifully filling by talking more about the score. Um, we suspect there will be a a lively discussion about Final Fantasy VII Remake in an episode to come. Um, so I think Ruben and I are just leaving it there. I mean, I will. One thing I one thing I will quickly say though to just round it off. I cannot deny that Final Fantasy VII Remake score is amazing. I can't. I cannot deny that because it is. Whether it should have run one best role playing game, however, that's why question. I shouldn't go to that category. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I can't deny the score was good. Can't I just can't. Well, and also, like I, you know, I saw I, the one that I've seen people people bringing up that they felt was maybe robbed in that category is Doom Eternal, um, which I know 
Ruben would rant and rave because I know you're a big fan of of Mick Gordon. Yeah, it's um, Mick Gordon's great. He he genuinely is. But also Hades was in that category. So as far as I'm concerned, Hades yeah. was robbed. <laughs> 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 but once again, that's going to be another lively conversation in the next one as well. Was there another one, Mark? Was that was that the only category you wanted to mention? Um, no, I think that was that was that was we probably covered everything. Cool. I mean, I'm just going to finish by saying, you know, I'm really pleased for, um, I'm really pleased for Among Us and um, Fall Guys because they totally deserved the awards that they won. You know, and to me, they're games that have, to a large extent, defined the year in gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been those those zeitgeisty games that have really, really hit the mark. I think, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely, um, definitely, and to a lesser extent, you know, one I don't, one I don't play, so I don't know so much about it. But Phasmophobia, you know, has really been taking off lately. So really pleased for them as well. Um, but of course, as we know, the Game Awards are really only to a very, very, very minor degree about the awards. Um, so we have a lot of announcements um, that have come out of last night. Um, I'm going to pick up on some of them that I want to pick up on, and then I'm going to open the floor to you guys as well for what you want to pick up on. Um, Near Replicant got a new trailer. Um, Not, as is being claimed, an exclusive first look, but a new trailer, and it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot wait for Near Replicant uh, 0.75983245 or whatever it's called. I'm assuming we're in agreement there. Yep. I didn't pre. Ah, I, I, we'll did, I didn't pre-order the special edition for fucking nothing. It's, it, it, <laughs> it, it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. And like, if I'm not mistaken, from watching that trailer, they've actually refined the combat, so it's not as fucking clunky as it is on the PS3. So yeah, they have. Good. They did when they did, and this is why it's not an exclusive first look. Um, when they did the thing at Tokyo Game Show, they spent quite a while talking about how they've refined the combat. It looks um, a lot smoother. To make it a lot more like the combat in in Near Automata to get that that pace in. Mm. Um, if you've not seen that trailer, go watch it. Do yourself a favour because it just looks so exciting. It looks bonkers. Um, speaking of another trailer that I know caused a lot of excitement, especially amongst certain queers, um, we have a new challenger approaching. That Sephiroth is coming to smash. When I tell you that I lost my shit during that trailer, I am not under-exaggerating whatsoever. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the mo- the moment that music started, I was like, "You are fucking kidding me." They've actually they, they like Sak- Sakurai is a fucking madman. Because <laughs> not because the thing is, I've watched that trailer multiple times since. Because um, as you both know, I'm very much into Smash. So um, yeah. So I've, and those trailers are always are always spectacular. They're always they're great such trailers. A good job on those they're trailers. always good reveals. Um. And not only is the, are they always good reveals, there's always some sort of fake out, but I'll get to that in a minute because the fake out in this trailer was so fucking good. Um, <laughs> but like, I've watched the trailer so many times just because I wanted to kind of see if I could get, if I could work out his moveset before before he lands. Um, and he has some interesting shit if I worked it out correctly. And not only that, but if I've also interpreted it right, Cloud's final smash has changed. Whether that's uniquely against Sephiroth, which is awesome if true, or whether that's that his final smash has just changed entirely, great call by Sakurai. And also, having Sephiroth appear by killing the creature that killed everyone <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, in spite of it, he just he just fucking massacred the bastard. Is just <laughs> just what a what a way to to introduce that character than have him quite literally kill the most powerful creature in Smash. Um, yeah, excellent, absolutely excellent trailer. Um, but the fake out of him, like I I don't that if you've not watched the trailer by now. Please watch it and then come back to the pause now. Pause it now. Pause. 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 Listening now. Watch the trailer and then continue watching because I'm just about to spoil a thing. But the moment in the trailer where the, the, the fake out of it looking like Sethroth has literally run through Mario, I, I I didn't realize I was holding my breath until I saw that it was a fake out. But I was because holy fuck, what a fake out! Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> Nintendo even allowed that hint of possibly Mario having been skewered on on his sword. Just excellent, excellent trailer. And I, I am loving some of the memes that the internet has produced as a result. There of are some day. brilliant memes I've seen. Um, I think my favourite one was uh, Cloud um, stood in the water holding Mario's body <laughs> <laughs> to just let it drift off. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like that's so perfect oh that is excellent i love it um um the other thing i really like which i've seen a few people point out in the updated um roster art um you've got sephiroth um being all moody as fuck um and next to him is pichu <laughs> it's just like the most <laughs> the weirdest smash thing you have ever seen um, also, let's not forget. Though, let's let's also not forget that one of Sephiroth's alternative outfits is just him shirtless. Let's also not forget. Oh, um, oh daddy. Um, I mean, the interesting thing that the interesting thing I've, I I found about this is this is very clearly the Advent Children Sephiroth because mm-hmm. it's the it's the memory it's the recreated memory that came from um, is it Kadage the. It's been a while since I've watched Advent Children, uh, but yeah, you're challenging me on my Advent Children lore. Um, not going to work. Yeah, so this is the this is the recreated memory of Sephiroth. This isn't actually Sephiroth. This is essentially a possession sort of thing. Um, so it's very interesting that this is taking place in that with that Sephiroth. Um, but I don't know what like Sephiroth like Smash doesn't follow any consistent law with why its characters are there anyway. So I don't know why I'm thinking about this in depth, but it's true. <laughs> um, yeah the characters are just there because they're there yeah they're there because they're there there's no there's no um that there's no wider law attributed to this so um i don't know why i'm thinking about it this i mean you can't you can't even make the argument anymore that it's just because they're all nintendo characters because that argument went out the window like two or three versions of smash ago yeah um they do however remain all characters that have appeared on a nintendo system mm mm-hmm. Um, that's the only connection that we have remaining as far as I'm aware. Because even when people said, I saw loads of people when when Final Fantasy VII came out on Switch, um, itself a milestone, I saw loads of people saying, oh, that, mean that, that means that Cloud's finally been on a Nintendo system. And I was like, nah, <laughs> he's been he's been on a few times. Yep, Kingdom Hearts. What, um, what, what about Joker? Joker hasn't Joker's been in a in a, Persona Q some Persona spin-off game yeah oh, okay. Persona Q uh Shadows of the Labyrinth he was in that he's one of the main characters in that um so while we're talking about new characters there are a couple of other new character reveals that are just worth mentioning uh, Master Chief is going to be in Fortnite um I know that 
none of us necessarily care, but it feels like something big enough to mention. Yeah, no, thought- although when they, when they were teasing last night that it was a bounty hunter that was going to appear in... Uh, I was really hoping. <laughs> I was really <laughs> hoping for Samus. Mark Neely downloaded Fortnite and became a became a Fortnite obsessive. Just to play as Samus, but no, it wasn't. It was it was Master Chief. Um, and then quite possibly the most exciting character reveal of all time, um, the Swedish chef from the Muppets is going to be an overcooked. I was all for, <laughs> I was all for this because like th- th- this may come as a surprise to listeners actually now I think about it because I come across as such a cantankerous shit. But like I love the Muppets. Um, the Muppets are amazing. They are amazing. So like and also the Swedish chef is just such a good fit. For, yeah, for overcooked, like he's the yeah. right amount of ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, and even perfect. always he already he already fits in with that visual style, you know, without them having to do much to him to to make him look right. Also, um, I loved I loved that segment as well with the Swedish Chef. I just I don't I don't know why that's that's like there are several there are several Muppets that I find <laughs> consistently funny, and the Swedish Chef is one of them. I know, and all the Swedish chef does is go like, flood, flood, yeah, flood. I know. It's, <laughs> that's it. That's the entire shtick. It should not be entertaining, but it is. Um, which reminds me, I need to watch Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, um, yeah, I'm teeing up my annual watch of that film at some point. Although, uh, this is completely not for the podcast, but um, have you seen they've recovered a lost song from that? I'm so excited. Are... The movie doesn't make any sense without that song. Like there's so and many motifs going... that are missing because that song's missing. Oh, I'm so happy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, another smaller reveal. Um, we got to look at the new Among Us map um, that's coming, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that they're adding. <laughs> still I, I'm away. still giggling about it. Like, I can't believe we've managed to get Muppets Christmas Carol into the gaming <laughs> podcast. Um, but. Um, I love the fact they've added new tasks and new methods of getting around in, yeah. the, in the new map. It's going yeah. to really shake it up, I think. Uh, ability to start in different places. Mm. You know, there's there's kind of various things. The, the ladders that they're putting in, you know, there's various stuff that's going to create new challenges. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting uh, to see what's going to come from that. Um, uh, where should we go next? Let's talk about um, Fall Guys Season 3 while we're staying on kind of the... The current stuff. Uh, teaser trailer for season three. How are we feeling about that? I want the penguin outfit. Enough to tempt you back in. The penguin outfit. I mean, I think is enough to tempt me back in. Uh, while, I, I think I, I think I'll jump back in to play it because what what I'm really hoping for with season three, which I didn't get from season two, is it for being enough of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason I stopped playing is because when season two landed, I played it a bit and I was like, this is this is season one just with a couple of extra levels. Like this, yep. this doesn't feel like enough of a distinct season, at least with, um, let's just say, uh, to use another example, uh, like games like Fortnite, etc. The seasons are quite dramatically, they, they're, they're compartmentalised, but they're quite different from one another, sequentially. Yeah. Whereas Fall Guys Season 2, it just felt like more of one, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it didn't feel like a different enough... A yeah, different... I mean, yeah, my sense is that Season 2 probably came a bit too soon after the initial launch and with a lot of the with a lot of the issues when Fall Guys first went live they were probably on the back foot a bit I think Mm. they probably should have given season two you know an extra month before it came out added a bit more into it whereas I think now with season three they're over that that kind of teething period of season one Um, they got season two out they've had a bit more time so it's got a bit more in it 
And also um, something they've tweeted about today, um, just to throw into the mix as well, they said, uh, we've been working on a feature that will allow a small number of streamers to host private Fall Guys shows for their audiences. Um, In future seasons, we hope to expand this, rolling it out to more people and adding new ways to play, potentially ways with less than 40 people. Um, okay, which I think could really give it some legs again. You know, if yeah. you're able to get a group of of a dozen friends together and play four guys without being thrown in with a load of randoms, mm-hmm. um, it could really give it some some more scope. And certainly, that you know, it's going to get them back on stream if they can get some big streamers hosting private four guys rooms. Even you know, big you'll need big streamers for up to forty. Um, it's going to get them back on Twitch um, and get them back a bit in the in the limelight. Yeah, if I could say that. Um, so it seems like a sensible decision with that one. Um, a game that is is n- a game that's not been around for a while. I think we're going to go to next. Um, Perfect Dark is coming Ooh, back. Perfect mm. Dark. I I was watching that whole trailer and I had no fucking clue where that trailer was going <laughs> until the very end. I could not see where that trailer was going. It might just be that I don't. I don't have a massive nostalgia for Perfect Dark. It is don't get me wrong, it's a great game, but I I because I didn't play it when I was younger, I don't have a nostalgia for it. I just have an appreciation yep. as an adult. Um so there may have been locations or 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 voices or something in that trailer that I would have missed. But I don't think there was a lot. I don't think there was a lot to give it away until you saw certainly when it panned up right at the end that the logo on the top of the building i think was the real first giveaway yeah um i can't remember the, even the name of the corporation now from uh i can't either but i remember the logo um mm. so i think it was probably very intentionally vague right up until the last second or the last sort of few seconds um it, I mean, does, it feels to me like an interesting one it does to appear to be in as far as there must be a big audience who don't know perfect dark at all yeah, and I, it does appear to be a full reboot, mm. from, from what I can tell. So this doesn't, or, or at least what I've read, people have been referring to it as a reboot. So it doesn't appear to be a, a sequel or a prequel. Um, so fingers crossed a new version of Elvis the Talking Alien? We can only hope. Um, but also it's not developed by Rare. Yeah, well, which I think is a blessing given possibly how Perfect Dark Zero turned out. <laughs> <laughs> this is possibly true. But let's just hope it retains the, the the sort of quirkiness and the the slight sense of humour that the original Perfect Dark had, mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. know Elvis the talking alien. Yeah, and it'd be good. It'd be nice to have um, you know it's a new shooter. Although you start to think about it, you know a lot of these shooters now are in Microsoft's stable. Yeah, but um, a shooter a with a female. Ones, if we think with a female, if we think Doom, Perfect Dark. Um, Halo, you know, they, they've got a very shooter-heavy slate. Hmm. Um, there have also been hints though, that this is not going to be a a pure shooting game. So I think there's going to be... Element... Even more action-adventure. Yeah, possibly elements of exploration or puzzles or, or something to, to kind of separate it a little bit more from it just being a straight-up shooter. Sure, sure. Okay. Um... A couple more things to talk about, and then we're done. Um, one I'm going to touch on really briefly. There was some more info about Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, we've also learned we're going to be getting a demo for Monster Hunter Rise, time limited demo. Mm, I just enough to pique anyone's interest. Uh, I'm going to give it a try um, because I've given. Because the thing is, like me and Monster Hunter, it's 
it's a series I really want to enjoy. It has so many yep. like on paper. If you were to if you were to write down the aspects of Monster Hunter on paper, I'd be just like that is that's my game down to a fucking T. But just the way that they've implemented it just never gels with me. I've tried I I tried Monster Hunter sure. um Monster Hunter 3, Monster Hunter 4, Monster Hunter World and it just does not gel with me at all. Um and I will give Rise a try because I want to love this series. It's just there's something about the way that it's implemented, that its mechanics just does not work with me at all. Um, but Monster Hunter Doggo, that's what it essentially is. So I'm... Um, <laughs> Monster Hunter with Repeat. It is Monster Hunter with Repeat. And that's and that for me is enough for me to make uh, want to try it again. Yeah. Um, so then finally, I thought for the ones I was going to mention, we would end on the big one. Mass Effect. <sighs> I'm so excited for this. I love the original Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, I haven't played Andromeda. I know it, it got a bad rat rep, but I don't want to personally mm-hmm. sit here and say it was awful because I've not played it, so I can't comment. Um, so yeah, I'm you know really excited that the, the the trilogy is coming remastered next year, which was previously announced. Um, I know that the fact that there was a sequel coming was previously announced, but this first look, it looks like it's sticking in the Milky Way galaxy. Um, it seemed to be right at the end that that was, I don't know. Have you played it, Will? I can't remember. I've played about three hours of, of the original Mass Effect, but that's it. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm now in a position of I am waiting for the, for the, remaster. the remasters because that's how I will I will properly experience it. So it would appear that the character that appeared right at the end of that teaser trailer was Liara, who was kind of one of the fan favorite characters from the original games. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're bringing back some of the original characters is quite exciting. Um, they always said that Commander Shepard's story was done with the original trilogy, so I don't necessarily expect to see Shepard, but we could definitely see some of the other characters coming back. And it's yeah, it's 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 big news, which pos- are very excited, which possibly also means that this is not going to continue on the Andro- on uh, the Andromeda story. But I guess <laughs> they might just be drawing a line under. They might under just be that, drawing that a line period under. in the the Mass Effect timeline. But while we're on the subject of Mass Effect, um, unless uh, Reuben has anything to add, uh, not on Mass Effect, I don't know. I, I've I've never played the franchise. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any thoughts either way. Is is also the first look at Dragon Age Four, which I am also very excited about. And I bring that up just because it's another Bioware game. Yep. Um, I really loved uh, Inquisition. I thought that was a great game. So. Uh, and that seems to be, again, continuing on from the end of Inquisition. Um, and I'm getting the sense that maybe EA have learned their lesson a bit and are, are letting uh, Bioware just do their thing <laughs> rather than making diktats that they need to sort of do live service games and things. I mean, I know Anthem is is coming back, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that EA are just letting Bioware get on and do their thing I hope so too, simply because like uh, the less that EA are involved with things, generally the better it turns out. Um, but um, I mean, I I need to go. I need to play Inquisition. I've not played it, um, but I've heard very very good things about it from people that have very similar tasting games than me. So it, mm-hmm. I know I know I will enjoy it. It's as simple as that. Uh, it's just finding. The time. Finding the time. It's a big game. It is yeah. a big game. I've heard it's a huge mm-hmm. game, and as it as it currently stands, I'm already playing 
Final Fantasy fucking 14. Um, so, like, yep. big games are definitely something that I need less of, but I will get to it. I will. There are also a couple of uh, very interesting looking spiritual successors to uh, existing franchises. Um, mm-hmm. Ruben, I think you were particularly excited about the Callista Protocol. Yeah, which is gross. I want it. It looks like a, a great kind of spiritual successor to the Dead Space series. Yeah. Which I, um, I'd quite like a remaster of that, please. I would, but EA, they they own the rights, don't they? And they generally don't do good things. Um, I'd love, I'd I mean, love a remaster. <laughs> like, the thing is, I like as much as I don't like horror games, because, well, horror in general, uh, Dead Space still stays with me as one of the horror games that I'm glad I, I forced myself to play. Um, it's such a good series. It's legitimately terrifying. And there's... Like when you play Resident Evil, there's not really that there's not really that legitimate terror. Um, it's more panic in Resident Evil than than actual terror. Um, but like the Callisto Protocol, um, it like we only saw we didn't see gameplay. We only saw a pre-rendered kind of cutscene. Um, but it's nailing that atmosphere mm-hmm. um, and that kind of feel of Dead Space. Um, yeah. And I, got, I got the I got the impression that that uh, sort of light on the back of his neck was his was his health bar, um, mm. and it looks like they're probably going to go with that same hudless direction that Dead Space went in, in that all of your key information is is character presented through your character. Um, mm. In Dead Space, your health was a, a light on your on the suit on the back of your spine, if I remember correctly, um, and your ammo counts were all displayed in kind of lcd screens that were part of the weapons mm. so, which was like it was all great I, I like dead space was so well made um and also the 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 um the character in the callisto um protocol trailer was hot which is also a bonus um <laughs> always a bonus yeah um the other spiritual successor that i quite like the look of was back for blood which is uh very much harking back to Left 4 Dead, which was a great co-op shooter. I know it's... Uh, I know Ruben is going to say, you know, zombie shooters are done to death, and to be fair, they are. <laughs> but um, Left 4 Dead was kind of one of the first of that kind of ilk of sort of cooperative shooters, and it came very much in the early days of sort of online cooperative shooters. Um, so I think it's great to see... it. Uh, not a, not an official sequel, but certainly a sequel made by a lot of the original developers of that game. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I've got the same thing with this that I had with um, Celeste back in Backlog Bingo. Not for me, but I can that I can very much appreciate that there are people that will fucking bend over backwards and love this game. Um, uh-huh. It just doesn't look like it is for me. I will give it a try. Like uh, if there's because I know there's a there's an alpha, isn't there, available now or early next year? Um, there's there, there is some sort of demo of, of some description um, so I will give it a try if I can um, but I, I have a suspicion it won't be for me yeah Reuben anything you wanted to, to mention that we not talked about yet from this this long long list of announcements um, just, just, just a couple of things from me um, there was a couple of indie games that really really took my fancy um, because most of the big announcements weren't, weren't my sort of thing so uh like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, um, Monster Hunter. They're not really my sort of game. Um, but uh, Open Roads 
and mm-hmm. uh, open roads and road 96 which are like very similarly named but very different concepts uh one of which um the first one open roads is made by the same people that made gone home which is a fantastic game uh and Love published game. and published by annapurna interactive and i will quite literally play anything uh-huh. annapurna uh published because all of their games have been great so far every single fucking one um and Open Rose just looks like a great concept and it looks absolutely gorgeous. The art style in it is fantastic. Um, and Road 96, um, rather than being attracted to it based on who made it and um, how it looks, uh, Road 96, I'm just attracted to the concept of it. The whole, mm-hmm. idea, the whole idea that you're a hitchhiker and uh, who you decide to hitchhike with or not will kind of impact the story going forward. It's just such an interesting concept to me. Um uh-huh uh and yeah it just it it just if if it if it sticks the landing on that idea then i i have a feeling it's going to be possibly one of my favorite indie games next year i have a suspicion um and the last thing that like really struck me and really kind of stood out to me was um scarlet nexus uh the new bandai namco game that looks like a kind of weird cross between god eater and code vein um kind of hack and slash anime anime boys with swords um which is which is that's my sort of game let's be fair yeah. um uh if if it has the level of character customization that's in god hand uh god hand no god eater and um code vein then i am all for it because the level of character customization in those games is so good um especially if you like anime if you want realism steer clear but if you like anime <laughs> like the amount of character customization in these games is um is just so 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 good um but yeah other than that like there was a few other little things like the the remaster of ghosts and goblins because i'm i'm very mm-hmm. I, I love ghosts and goblins um i've never completed it because fuck me is that game hard but like that that game yeah. looked like a, an exercise in punishing yourself yeah like i've never completed it but like occasionally i will like plug back in my snes mini and i'll just or or it's on the the switch online now i'll just just dip into it and play for a couple of levels it's just a really enjoyable kind of the the way that the game is made is just really satisfying to play Mm -hmm. um it take it takes two was another interesting one i thought fuck how did i miss that yeah it 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 takes two um the new joseph farris game um he really likes his co-op games doesn't he um yeah what I liked about this is that not only is it announced as a co-op game, but it does appear that you only need one person to own it in order yeah. for you to for both people to play it, which is mm. great. It's I, I mean I'm pretty sure that's the case with A Way Out as well. That if one I never you, I never played A Way Out, so I, 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 I didn't know. That if one person bought it, like you'd get a second copy so that you could play it co op, which is fucking that is such a great idea. Um for a game that relies so heavily on co op. It's such a good idea. Um but yeah, this, the, the the graphical style and the kind of comedy element that comes through and it takes two, uh, just really really intrigued me. It's like it's like it's like the concept of a of a Pixar film almost. Um, mm. You know, a a, a a married couple that are having difficulties in their relationship are sucked into a a magical realm and turned into um, like clay dolls. It's it it's a very Pixar-y idea. Mm. Um, I think I think the other thing that stood out, the other game that stood out for me a little bit in terms of kind of more indie games is Season, which I thought looked very interesting. Was that the, not... was that the bug photography one? 
Yeah, I... I Where the I, opening I, of the trailer, he was just taking, like, either audio or a video of a... Yes, and it, it, it was very... Yeah, and it was very stylized in terms of it looking like an animation almost. Yeah, the art style looked, like, fantastic. And that's... I, I had no idea what the game was about, but no. the art style looked incredible. <laughs> um... I mean, just 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 to throw out another couple of uh, like just an just another couple of quick things like uh, there's Vin Diesel the game that's coming as well um, because Vin Diesel's not been in enough video games. The League of Legends um, turn-based RPG, which looked odd, um, Evil Dead game. Uh, a couple of a couple of games were shown off again from previously, so we saw more of. Um, Returnal and Outriders, which is a game that I keep forgetting exists, um, and yeah, it, there, there, there was. I, I think there was a lot shown, but not a lot shown that I care about. Yeah, but it's one of those. I think it almost feels like the theme of the podcast today. You know, the theme of this episode is is a bit of something for everyone. Hmm. You know, we're not all going to get on with everything, and that's fine. But other people can enjoy it, and yeah. It had it had a real mix of stuff, so everyone has a few things they can take away from it. Yep, fair. Um, and that does bring us, sadly, to the end of another episode of the podcast. Um, the next episode um, is going to be our Game of the Year episode. That's what we're going to be discussing as our big, meaty thing. Um, and as people who tune into the, the podcast will doubtless be aware, uh, we did ask you... Uh, lovely audience um, for your nominees for the Audience Choice Award. Um, and we are ready to announce uh, that we have four games shortlisted to win the Quiz at Play Game of the Year Audience Choice Award. That's a mouthful. Um, Animal Crossing New Horizon, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Spider-Man Mars Morales, and Streets of Rage 4. Um, so an interesting mix there. We will shortly after this episode goes up, be putting up a poll on our Twitter so you will be able to go along and vote for what you think should have the Audience Choice Award. Um, and thank you very much to everyone who submitted all of their nominations. We've got all of your comments and we're going to weave some of those hopefully into the episode when we record it. Um, other than that, you can find us on Twitter at Queers at Play. Um, you can join our Discord, discord.queersatplay.com dot com um and if you really so wanted you can email us uh queers at playpod at gmail.com uh i've been will i've been mark and i've been reuben and um we'll catch you again in a couple of weeks when we'll doubtless be having interesting and lively discussions about the game of the year during the big meaty portion, as you so put it. <laughs> Who doesn't love a big meaty portion? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Fucking video games, man.